0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ the St. Paul, located in Monta Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text for today comes from the twenty-third chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 33 through 46. And Jesus says, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he rented it to tenant farmers and took a trip. When it was time for harvest, he sent his servants to the tenant farmers to, to collect his fruit. But the tenant farmers grabbed his servants. They beat some of them, and some they killed. Some of them they stoned to death. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first group. They treated them the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. Come on, let's kill him, and we'll have his inheritance. They grabbed him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. When the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenant farmers? They said, He will totally destroy these wicked farmers and rent the vineyard to other tenant farmers who will give him the fruit when it's ready. Jesus said to them, Have you ever read, haven't you ever read the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and and it's amazing in your eyes. Therefore I tell you that God's kingdom will be taken away from you and will be given to a people who produce its fruit. Whoever falls on this stone will be crushed, and the stone will crush the person it falls on. Now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard the parable. They knew Jesus was talking about them. They were, are, were trying to arrest him, but they feared the crowds who thought he was a prophet. It's word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So it has been now about six months since we have had to learn how to do life differently. We have had to do things, especially like social distancing and especially wearing masks. One of the, of course, this is one of the main ways that a pandemic can change a society. A year ago, none of us would ever imagine putting on a piece of fabric over our face. But yet, today, here we are. If we go into any building, we have to put on a mask. I have looked at pictures from the 1918 flu pandemic. And maybe you've seen these as well. Pictures of people wearing masks. We all wear those masks for one important reason. Now, the, the masks that we wear are cloth, most of the time, are cloth masks. They're not the, what they call the N95 mask that uh, medical professionals wear that actually does protect people from any type of droplets or things that could um, infect them. So, the cloth masks don't really do that but they do have another important function. Because one of the things, of course, we all know now about the coronavirus is that you can have the virus but show no symptoms, or what they call asymptomatic. So you can be asymptomatic and actually be spreading the virus to other people. So wearing a mask protects that other person from catching the the coronavirus from us. Because if we didn't wear it, we could be spreading the virus and not know it. And so when all of us, including myself, wear a mask, we're trying to protect the other person. Very often when I go and visit my mother who lives not too far from me, I wear a mask to protect her wearing masks of course if you live in minnesota or in many other states has basically become the law you cannot enter a building or any business or churches or any place unless you're wearing a mask now this makes sense to me because if we all wear masks as a population we might be able to slow the spread of the virus And at this time when we are waiting and hoping for a vaccine, this is probably the wisest thing that any of us could do. And yet, it has always surprised me that there are so many people out there who have made wearing a mask an issue. No doubt you have all seen videos on Twitter or Facebook or someplace of some person throwing a fit because this business has told them they must wear a mask. I remember earlier this year seeing a video, a news video of a man speaking in front of a city council in Florida and he was ranting and raving and talking about how he refused to be treated like a mad dog, and he did not want to be muzzled. And then I also remember a writer that works for an influential um, religious magazine that basically said that anyone that wore a mask is basically a coward. what's sad here is that masks have become a culture war issue. Where one side thinks that if you wear a mask, it is akin to living in a totalitarian state. Now Jesus today is talking to the crowd, and actually it is the same speech that we have been focusing on in the last few weeks, and he is doing a series of parables these stories are aimed at someone. They're aimed at the religious leaders of the temple where Jesus is at. And he is telling them in as many ways as possible that they are being rejected by God because of how they live and treat others. So Jesus continues to confront these leaders by telling them the story of a man that plants a vineyard. He doesn't farm it directly, but he rents it out to tenants, and then he goes on a trip. It is harvest time, so now it is time for the tenants to pay the um, owner a certain share or portion of what they have harvested. So. The landlord sends a servant. But these renters were starting to get a bit greedy. They didn't want to share with the landlord. I mean, they think he's got enough money. Why should we share with him? So every time that a servant came to collect the shares, they either beat them up or kill them. And they do this several times. The owner of the vineyard then decides to do something that is rather radical. He sends his own son. He thought that no one, no one would kill his only son. But of course, that is just what the tenants did. They thought that they could get his inheritance. Jesus then asks, what will happen to the renters? And the people respond that the owner will come, seize the land, give it to others, and punish the tenants. And when I mean punish, I mean they will be put to death. Jesus uses this parable to cast judgment on the Pharisees and the scribes. They were the ones that were the tenants, the ones that were so greedy that they were ready to kill. In real life, they were the type of people that took pride in following the law. However, they did not care much about the lives of others, especially the poor. Jesus, in many ways, was predicting his death because, of course, he was the son being sent into the vineyard and he knew that these leaders, the leaders who were the, um, the renters, would reject him and seek his death. Now this parable is actually a take on a much older story that is found in the Old Testament in Isaiah 5 called the Song of the Vineyard. And it is where a writer likens Israel to a vineyard that grows rotten grapes. And so the gardener is so upset that they decide to let the garden go to seed, literally. Because the garden was not producing, it was left to its own consequences. So what does this have to do with us? I mean, we could never, ever be mistaken for greedy tenants, right? right god created the world and entrusted the church to care for god's creation and the question that we have to ask this morning is how are we doing are we caring for those around us are we praying for others are we sharing the gospel what in the world are we doing with the time that we have here Congregations are called to go forth from their buildings and into the world. But let's face it, there is a strong temptation for all of us to become curved in on ourselves and to focus only on each other while ignoring the needs outside the doors of the church. I've told this story before. It is a story of um, what I did as as a reporter And it was about several Southern Baptist churches in the 1960s in and around Washington, D.C. And they refused to welcome the African-American families that were starting to move in to these neighborhoods. And I remember the person telling me the story basically saying that now, and this was 25 years ago, these congregations, are only remembered as statistic like the greedy tenants they tried as hard as they could to hold on to what they had and they ended up losing everything as we are continuing this journey in this time outside of our church building as we continue this series the church has left the building we need to ask how are we being church in our neighborhoods? How are we being church in the neighborhood where our church is located? You see, the coronavirus does not stop us from fulfilling the great commission to make disciples. And it most certainly doesn't get us out of for caring for our neighbors in need. The wicked tenants in the end were unmasked. They were able to show who they really were. They never cared about playing fair. They never cared about giving the landlord a share of the harvest. They were greedy. They wanted it for themselves. May we, during this challenging time, be a community that is willing to think and pray and care for others, not, and not see it as a time to take time off or to think about our own interests. May we be more like Jesus, who sacrificed everything, including his own life, for our salvation. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at FCCStPaul.org. That's org. May God be with you in the coming week.